welcome to another episode of Not D&D. I'm your host Jessica and Not D&D is brought to you by EN Live, part of EN World, which is the leading tabletop news and review site. But I am not alone this week. I have a wonderful guest here with me, Nils. Nils, would you like to introduce yourself to the chat? Yes. Uh, my name is, as you said, Nils Hemsey and I'm an RPG, RPG writer, mostly writing mm-hmm. for, for the Free League. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also a psychologist in my, in my, as my day job. Oh wow! So I, I, yeah, kind of write write RPGs uh, late nights and early mornings. Okay. <laughs> so I work for the for the Red Cross as a psychologist with trauma victims mainly. So it's kind of far from the RPG <laughs> the fantasy yeah. world. So it's a good it's good good mix of two different things. Um, but I, I of course play a lot of RPGs uh, my, okay. my free time. Yeah. Great. Well, I feel a little bit intimidated now you do psychology now. I feel quite judged yeah. from what I do. <laughs> but, there we go. Um, but yeah, but today, uh, this week, uh, we are going to be talking uh, about, um, oh, I can put it on stream, I'm talking about Basin, which is uh, kind of a Nordic horror RPG by Free League. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. So if you have any questions about that, pop them in the chat and we will answer your questions for you during the show. So feel free to put them there. Um, but before we get into kind of the main topic, we've just started, we'll let a few more people kind of arrive and get here. Um, so Nils, how did you start with RPGs? What was the first RPG you, you remember playing? I started playing with my family. Uh, my mother was my first game master and I, I started playing with my older brother. So we started to play a game, a Swedish game that is very much like uh, RuneQuest. It's oh, called cool. like... Uh, dragons and demons <laughs> but mm-hmm. in swedish so it was kind of a rip-off of dungeons and dragons with, yeah. with another rule system mm-hmm. so I, I played that a lot my first my first years so uh, cool how old were you when you first started playing when you, you were quite sounds like you're quite young if it was at yeah, home, yeah. I, I, I couldn't really read I, I think i was five or six or so it was mostly my my older brother wow. kind of arranged it and i played with his his friends yeah so. oh that's very cool i I think that's the youngest we've ever had on this show. So I think you're winning so far. Oh. <laughs> so you're the earliest to kind of see the game there. That's really interesting about you saying it was like a Swedish version of that. Is that because they didn't have Dungeons and Dragons out in Swedish? Was there not a Swedish translation? I think, I think or was it just... uh, the Swedish, th- there was a uh, Swedish translation, but it came okay. too late. There was like okay. a Swedish uh, company that got really, really big. Role-playing mm-hmm. games were so huge in, in, uh, in the mm. 80s in Sweden. So everyone yeah. had one. It was like you could go home to the cool kids and even they had like a copy of the <laughs> RPGs in their bookshelf. So oh. so they kind of just <laughs> took over the whole market before Dungeons and Dragons could, could enter. There were quite a, quite few people who played Dungeons and Dragons in Sweden. Yeah. But nowadays, it's it's like the biggest game by far in Sweden. That yeah, I mean, it is everywhere. But that's why we have this show here, not Dungeons & Dragons, so we can talk about other systems so people can learn about all the other great games that they can play uh, as well as Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so talking about kind of your background with RPGs, you've been playing for a very young age, and now you work kind of part-time alongside your day job. How did that journey happen? How did you end up being an RPG writer? Well, <laughs> I, I had this big dream of be, be becoming a, an, an author, a writer, to write the books mm-hmm. and plays. And I tried to do that a lot with just crappy results. And <laughs> so I kind of gave up on that. Oh, just, no. Oh, 
I will have to be a psychologist. Uh, <laughs> of course, the natural fallback career for any writer yeah, is to yeah, become a psychologist. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my parents are psychologists. I, it was my kind of, that seems like ah, an okay job. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it, it became great. But then I just started to write for a, for a really small Swedish game. I just wrote like mm -hmm. uh, some scenarios for PDFs. And then that person who wrote that game, uh, Christian Merstam, who is who's now writing White Hack, uh, the OSR game, mm -hmm. he he really helped me kind of start writing for role playing games and just yeah helped me started doing that and then and and he kind of uh, kind of helped me get my first pu published things as well with the Free League and then it just mm -hmm. rolled on from there kind of. Excellent. So I guess uh, if you just worked the free league a few times, they like your work and they just keep you around. I guess it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when did you first start working um, on on Vassen, this book here that we're going to be talking about? Yeah, it's it's quite a while ago. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's hard with the times, but it, I mean, it's it's years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a couple of years before Corona. That is the pre and post time. Yeah, that's how we mark our <laughs> lives now, like before yeah, and yeah. after the plague. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it's several years ago, and and uh, mm -hmm. Thomas at the Free League had heard me speak about that. I liked the, a Swedish uh, role playing game called Fok that we played when we were kids. Mm -hmm. That is kind of a cozy horror game. So mm -hmm. it was like, mm, I think you would fit well with this. Uh, so so they kind of told me the pitch, and I I think I. From the start, I, I, I was was just supposed to write like a campaign and some some mm -hmm. stuff for it, but then it ended up that I wrote most of it. So, well, and I really yeah. like Johan Egerkrans, also the, the 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 artists that it's based on his book. Yeah, could you talk about that a little bit? Because there's um his his book and um the, the RPG is based on on his work. So could you talk us through? Uh, what that is what was the kind of inspiration source for this rpg well Johan Egerkans, he's he's like an, an artist and illustrator who mm -hmm. has done a lot of things for role-playing games but he has also done these uh, kind of thematical books like uh, this vasen book in sweden which is mm -hmm. really popular and he's done several after that like dragons and uh, other horror books and so forth so um Mm -hmm. I think the Free League and him had a discussion about making an RPG out of his book. And when I was introduced into it, uh, I didn't know this from the start. They were just, they we're going to do a Vesson book. So when, mm -hmm. when I found out it was his art we're going to base it on, I was really happy because, yeah, I really love his work. So, um, and, and he has studied a lot of like the, the real uh, folklore of Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, so I kind of ha had to do that as well when I wrote the game. I had to read up on the, on the real old stories. Uh, yeah. Are there any particular favorites from that folklore that stood out to you when you were doing your research? Well, there are many, many really funny when, when, yeah. <laughs> when really, I don't know what word it is it's in, in, in English, but kind of plump in Swedish when it's like someone is is uh, not treating the, the the trolls right so they kind mm -hmm. of uh, make him fall through the toilet when he's sitting on him it's like those oh, right, okay. silly silly stories uh, mm -hmm. and it's it's a fun thing because it's it's kind of the same stories all over sweden it just transforms mm -hmm. when you when you go through the country in different mm -hmm. directions so i think it's 
possibly says something about kind of the people living in different parts of the country and that I find that interesting. Yeah, the book was uh, seemed really interesting to me because I love the idea of kind of I love folklore and hearing about it in different parts of the world. There's some themes that are the same, like unit globally, and there's some things mm. that are very different based on kind of where they come from. Um, so I, I love the inspiration kind of source for this. So what was the pitch that Freely gave you when you started writing the game? How did they how did they describe it and sell it to you? Well, they wanted it to be like a, um, a mystery game, of course, and, and kind mm -hmm. of a light touch horror, not cult, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. the, the Swedish uh, really extreme horror game. Yeah. Uh, and it, it was supposed to be a Monster yeah. of the Week game. Yeah. I thought I had a copy of Cult here, so I was just going to grab it, but I don't. Oh, it's not on my file. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got mine somewhere. I thought I had it. I have a pile of books here, and I was like, oh, I'll just. But yeah, but not that. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. So, yeah. no. so what sort of level of, of horror would this game kind of be if you were trying to describe the theme to somebody so they could they could understand if it was a good game for them? That, that is a, that's a tricky question because yeah. I've, I've actually had people saying that like some parts of, of the scenario in the in the book is too. Um, too much, uh, too much horror, or too, too, too horrible, mm -hmm. you could say. So, so um, I would say I, when I play it and when I write for it, I think of it as an adult game with adult themes. But mm -hmm. uh, I think you should, you should, so, so it's kind of in the middle between like we're, we're having a nice time and it's cozy and they're like it's kind of fun and and and, and it's horrible. That's not a really good yeah. answer to it. No, no, no. <laughs> so is it sort of like with um, with folklore, how you have people talk about the Fae sometimes, and even though it seems like, oh, they're very nice, actually it's kind of yeah. a little bit creepy and sinister, so you can kind of take the story where you want to. Is it a little yeah. bit flexible You, you could way? say it's, it's not the Chainsaw Massacre. There are no... It, I, I don't think people should should have like uh, you shouldn't butcher people. There shouldn't mm -hmm. be any kind of sexual violence. There shouldn't be like uh, really sinister bad things mm -hmm. happening. But it it could still be themes that are really horrible. I mean, there are a lot of poverty in this game. I mean, you mm -hmm. travel to meet people who mm -hmm. who are living really bad lives, kind of, and and. Mm -hmm. And I think the the actual horrors, the monsters, should be uh, um, they should be uh, not um, it, the mood is important. They should yeah. be the mood, the, the setting of, of of something strange, something other, something complicated. Uh, but they're not necessarily like collecting children's skulls or something. It's not, it's, that is not what they do. Uh, they do something for a reason. And, and yeah. in that, it could be horrible. But there are no like, uh, there are no meaningless, uh, horrible magicians who are just evil. There are no Sauron in, in this game. Yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah. Okay. Um, so how, um, in terms of the game, so what is, what character will you be playing um, in the game? So somebody's um, asked, uh, phrased it as, what kind of stories do you play in the game? So who, who will you be playing? What sort of adventures are you going on in this game? You're actually kind of 
normal person uh, mm -hmm. except from from one thing you have you have the vision you can see the vast and the monsters uh, to all other people they they are invincible when they want to and uh, not invincible invisible <laughs> when yeah. they want to be but you can you can actually see them so you can hunt them and you can find them and you can solve problems where they are involved mm -hmm. uh, and the game kind of starts up with the the characters meeting and and reopening an old society that has been like hunting this vassan for a, for a long time and mm -hmm. it has yeah it has ended and now you're reopening the old uh, base and starting yeah. it all over okay. and you kind of get you kind of get missions or quests or yeah mysteries uh, to this base that's in the city and then you always travel mm -hmm. out into the kind of wildlife to small villages and uh, desolated places mm -hmm. and then there is something bad happening and you kind of have to solve it and sometimes you need to kind of chase away the vessel and sometimes it's mm -hmm. the villagers who are the bad guys uh, okay. and, and I should say one thing that is important it's it's a it's a game where you can seldom fight the vassan. They seldom are even hurt by by uh, physical violence. So that's oh, okay. seldom a, a way to do it. You need to kind of find the correct ritual to abolish this creature and make this demon go away, or kind of haggle with a with the trolls and make them be okay with with the situation. So, okay, that's interesting. So it's not like a necessarily a fighty combat one where you're running around no. trying to kill these creatures. That's interesting. No. So, so your the characters are are people that have a calling to kind of um, do you know to to to, to do this and that can see the vast and they have this ability. Um, when you're creating your character, um, how does I I I assume you have some kind of pre-made ones people can use. But if people want to make yeah. their own character, what does character creation look like in the game? Well, as you said, you have these like archetypes you can choose from, like mm -hmm. the doctor, the officer, the priest, the hunter, okay. and then then you make kind of choices. Uh, what what trauma made you get the vision? Because something happened that made you have the vision, and mm -hmm. yeah, what are your relationships to the others, and what is your dark secret, and so forth. So kind of build it from that. Mm -hmm. you, there is also a system where you can just simply roll on some tables and life event tables and just build your characters from different events in your life so you have those two systems uh, to build your character excellent um and as i should have mentioned before actually so that we use the system the year zero engine which a lot of free league uh games uh use uh so we had um we we're talking about the blade runner rpg a few weeks back so that's kind of a similar system there and also tales from the loop and alien so if you've if you've played those you'll be kind of familiar with this, the kind of system we're talking about here um but nils for people that haven't played those games and aren't for familiar familiar with the year zero engine could you talk us through what uh the systems like and and how the gameplay is mechanically yeah yeah you can say all all year zero games uh, most of them have have like a d6 as the base you have like a pool of mm -hmm. of, of dice um which you roll in, in sixes or successes and you have in most games you have 12 skills you do in this game and you have four attributes and you kind of add them together to see how many dice you need to roll for for doing something like mm -hmm. fighting or trying to manipulate someone or, or something. 
Uh, and if you and if you don't get the successes you need, you can always always push your role. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the same mechanics is in is in uh, the latest Call of Cthulhu. Um, mm-hmm. You push the role, and that means you do something that lets you try again. You failed to manipulate, and now you can okay. say something else, or you get another chance to attack, and and then you can re-roll the dice. Uh, but it it also costs you. You you get like a condition. Okay. You get angry, or you get scared, or or hurt, okay. or, or something. So so it kind of costs you. You take damage doing mm-hmm. that. That's so always yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was saying that seems really nice with the theme as well, because maybe if you're doing some ritual or something, you you need to push past to make it work, but maybe that costs you something for, I don't know, something going on spiritually or, or you know, with your character or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the thought is that there's always the choice: should I press on and take the cost of doing that, or should we just return mm. back <laughs> to our hotel or whatever and try to kind of regain our strength and so forth? So. So when is the 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 setting um so where is the game set and kind of the the time frame of when it when it's set Yeah it's set it's set in a, like a fantasy not a fantasy version of 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 the nordic countries but kind of a a, a mythic version of of the nordic uh, yeah. countries like Sweden Norway Finland uh, but it's not actually the correct heavily inspired right by it yeah heavily inspired yeah that's good yes yeah and it's it's set in the in the 19th century some Mm -hmm. sometime and that is also something some of the Mm -hmm. images i think have like clothes from the early 19th century and Mm -hmm. some things are from like the late 19th century so it's it's kind of a mix it's it's not meant to be an exact year uh but i I would like to say i I think many, many people have played this game in the place where they live and i think that is a great way of doing it like play it in yeah. poland if you live in poland and so forth yeah um yeah i noticed you've also had recently the kickstart at the end of last year where they had a mythic britain and ireland setting book so if if you are in britain and you want to kind of set it there or in ireland you can use that book to kind of and that has kind of the the stories and folklore from from you know that part of the world as well and but, it has a different tone, I think, which oh, yeah? is, was really nice to to see. Yeah, I think I think the I don't know if if, if Graham shoes the, the the kind of more evil creatures, but I think many of the Vassan he has written about is are really more sinister, a little more oh, yeah? harsher, maybe. I okay. don't know if that is like the the British tone or something. That the folklore. Well, the British ones are the British ones are harsher. Yeah, I think so. I think the this, this, uh, <laughs> Swedish ones are more like, oh, they're like the vettir. Who they're are a bit more nice. cheeky or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And then, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, British folklore is, is a lot about that. It was lots of telling uh, the Irish as well. Irish uh, folklore, there's lots of very kind of sinister sort of fae and um, mm. you don't mess with them and you have right. to have a good respect for them. They were all sort of stories you'd tell children to make them behave. So they were always sort of a, a punishment sort of thing. So it makes sense that they're um, a little bit more creepy and dark. Yeah. That sounds quite nice. So talking about um, uh, some of the creatures uh, in the book, uh, like we've got a really great artwork on the screen now and people have said um, that the artwork looks, you know, beautiful. What is, uh, can you tell us about the creature we're seeing here? That, that's a creature who, who lives connected to um, to the tree, 
it's a, it's like a creature whose soul mm-hmm. rests in the tree in the tree. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna go look up the, the English. Uh, oh, sorry. Where, <laughs> I just love that artwork. So yeah, it looks it very is. cool. Ash tree wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So she's she's connected to to like the woods and the and the tree, mm-hmm. and that this is a creature that I mean she's not evil in in, no. in her core, but there will be one one of the main themes of of the game is like. Uh, civilization and, and industrialization kind of steamrolls over the old ways of living and mm-hmm. and in that process the vasan who are very much connected to kind of the old ways of living are enraged or chased away or something so so i can imagine she would be like uh, drawn into conflicts when when yeah when the old forests are are cut down or something yeah, definitely. So I can imagine that. I think it's interesting, like you say, they're not like bad guy kind of monsters, you know, necessarily. It's it's a little bit more complicated than that. So like you say, I can imagine this sort of character, if the forest being cut down, like you say, is defending the woodland and maybe the locals are like, oh, this evil thing is attacking us when really yeah. maybe if you just leave the forest alone, it'll mm-hmm. be fine. So um, so I like that sort of concept. So what sort of... Um, so with the the first book, just flicking through all these gorgeous pictures, the first book here, um, do you get some kind of uh, scenarios and and stories kind of written in their adventures for you to go through? There's one one scenario, mm-hmm. uh, the Dance of Dreams, yeah. which is yeah, it's about it a and then the uh, wicked secret which is this other book i've got on the stream here um has kind of other mysteries and stories written in there as well for you in the same setting yeah so more stories and things there what sort of is there anything you can tell us with the the stories here that could um give us a bit more information about it without obviously giving giving it away the, the stories in the wicked secret yeah 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 yeah, yeah absolutely uh there's <laughs> uh, i think there's one there's one scenario uh the silver mm-hmm. the silver sea i think it is it's about um like the the west coast of, of sweden and and like mm-hmm. uh yeah the the fisher fishermen there have been trolled by something from from the ocean mm-hmm. uh so you go out there on the islands and, and kind of make things right but yeah i think that that is one of the s- scenarios where the vast and it's not that evil it's mm-hmm. other things happening uh, so yeah. I, I think it's it's thomas uh, from freeling who's written it and it's from okay. his home home parts uh, where, oh, where he has okay. his roots so uh that's cool and then it's one um i'm gonna find what that is could you call can you read what they what they are called in english i think i only have it in swedish uh, oh which which one the yeah, it's just um, there. There's one. Yeah, a uh, wicked secret one. Yeah, there's one. This song about from a fallen star or something. It could be mm-hmm. called in in English, which mm-hmm. is a really kind of kind of low low action scenario uh, mm-hmm. about kind of fairies and music and and uh, really nice tone into it, and it it kind of doesn't explode into a battle at the end but it's it's kind of really nice thematically and and and, um, it's a really good scenario i think Uh, and then you have one scenario i have written which is uh, about an old 
we call it bathing hotel in in uh, southern Sweden, very close mm-hmm. to where I where I grew up, uh, which was kind of a uh, it was the the place of sin in that times. They had the people go going there Gosh. from all <laughs> all over because they the men and women were allowed to to uh, bathe at the same shore at the same um, you call That's it beach. Scandalous. Yeah, scandalous, definitely. So they went there from from Germany and Denmark. There were even yeah. a train going there, like regularly. So mm-hmm. that was a kind of a big conflict in that place. So, so I tried to write a um, a mystery about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's of course related to to that basic conflict among the among the people there, and then the Vassen is drawn into it. Wow. Yeah. What? Um, how long would these um, kind of scenarios be? Would it be like is uh, will it will it take you a session to kind of do that, or is it designed to be across multiple? Or I think two sessions. Uh, all of them are about mm-hmm. two se- two sessions long. I would say. Okay, great. And in play testing, because obviously this when you tried it out, did you have any any players do something kind of unsurprising with the scenario, or do something you didn't expect? Yeah, my my players always do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think every GM ever is saying, "Yeah, that's what all the players do. They never yeah, do the thing yeah. you expect." That's that's what role playing is. I think in this yeah. this game, they were became very heavily engaged in, in to to the kind of local people living there and tried to kind of solve all their little petty conflicts. And I just had to kind of improvise and improvise more and more NPCs <laughs> yeah. and conflicts. What, and, what's this yeah. person's name then? Uh, John, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just going to look in the book. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but that was, it, it was really fun as well. Mm-hmm. So. How long uh, did you spend kind of writing and, and testing the game and um, and pulling it together how long was that sort of process there were different processes i i, I mm-hmm. wrote the first uh i kind of wrote the whole game in in like maybe eight months or something oh, wow. but that's kind of far from the from the end products then course, yeah. the, the free league read it and mm-hmm. i changed some and then some time went and they read it again and i changed some again and then kind of went back and forth and and then i think we did some changes just during the Kickstarter and yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and even after the Kickstarter, I think we, we changed, mm-hmm. we changed some systems and so. So it's, a, it's of course, a several years. Um, yeah. But I didn't work with it for several years. But yeah. The overall process. And what um, what was your favorite part of working working on the game? So what was your, your favorite moments of working with, with Vassen and going into this world? Yeah. Hmm. There are many. Uh, <laughs> well, we can. Uh, you can answer many. I won't make you pick just one. If you have several uh, on your mind, I, I, I wasn't that. I was. I was kind kind of interested in folklore before, but I, mm-hmm. I I didn't really understand how much this connected to my kind of my own heritage, my own mm-hmm. not not perhaps my parents, but I mean my parents' parents and their parents, and going mm-hmm. back and. How how rooted everything is in 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 where where you live and where you come from and so I thought that was a nice nice thing to to uh, find out kind of yeah um, yeah <laughs> sorry you say no yeah I can definitely see that like I said I, that's always what I love about folklore is um, when you go to different parts of the world and, and learn about it so that's 
I can see that definitely be being at like a huge selling point. Um, in terms of like writing the game, were there any kind of really challenging moments or, or something that was like, you know, kind of difficult or took a while to kind of master and get correct? Uh, there were some mechanics I think were that were kind of hard to 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 do right. Mm -hmm. um, I think th I think the rules for for uh, magic, uh, mm -hmm. the Vassan's magic. Um, I still don't know if if I've kind of explained it correctly. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know how it is supposed to work and how I use it when I play, mm -hmm. but I. I I hope people use it, <laughs> and and okay. um, I, I, I have this thought that it, there will be kind of three different types of magic. Uh, one oh, yeah. which which mm -hmm. will give the scenarios like mood. They would they would be just like um, things happening that is not really dangerous, but mm -hmm. this summer day and suddenly there's mist going in. You can't see anything because the basin has kind of put a hex on the, put a spell on the, on the mm -hmm. location and okay. one kind of type of magic, which is more like attack things and you mm -hmm. can like burn things and do damage. And then there's the fairy magic, which is like change time and make you 50 years older or small as mm -hmm. a, as a yeah, teacup or something. So I, I had these ideas about that they should be magic that kind of address the scenario in different mm -hmm. ways, but I'm still not really sure if 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 that's landed well. If I explained it good <laughs> enough, kind of. So that well, that was our... That was the challenging piece, yeah. Magic. Yeah. Um, how mechanically does kind of magic work and present in the game? We've had someone watching ask as well. They're curious how 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 that works in the in kind of the scenario because i think you gave us a really good overview of kind of the the feel and and the vibe of the magic there but mechanically when we're playing the game how does that what does that look like in the game yeah that's another thing that is uh, <laughs> one of the thing is is this is not a game where you kind of have uh, magic points for the creature and just count mm -hmm. them down and the creature can can only do this amount of magic because you're not really supposed to to play against the players. It's more mm -hmm. like a uh, you're co-writing a scenario or yes. a story. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So if if you address it as 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 a competition, the magic system does not work. I think It'd be too powerful. Yeah, and it, it's not written for that. It, it mm -hmm. would just not be fun. Yeah. Um, but with that said, you can say that like the, the first kind of magic uh, enchantments, um, you can you, the, the creature can just do it, and often it's it's like written into the scenario like a countdown. The first step is that rats invade the the hotel or something, um, and then you oh shit, there's not something <laughs> happening. Some creatures yeah. here. I mean. If you played it as a competition, you can have rats invade all the time. There is no like limitation, but yeah, that yeah. is not the point of that kind of magic. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have curses, which are like attacks, and that is an mm -hmm. opposed role, kind yeah. of how much damage, how crazy can can the creature make you? Mm -hmm. Can it? Yeah, are you are you uh, do you become mute or not? Can you resist it? Yeah, uh, and that is the same for the troll craft. That is like. Mm -hmm. 
changing um, the rules of, of uh, science, you could say, uh, teleporting you or making your thoughts, uh, thought virus invade your thoughts. Or oh, wow. just, yeah, so it's supposed to, to kind of give good role-playing moments when you shrink and, and mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. So, but but it, that's just a post-roll as well. Okay, that makes sense. So it sounds like, I, I think the style of GMing you were talking about there is one I like generally where the GM isn't, it's not a fight against the players. They're also part of telling the story and facilitating the story. What advice would you give to GMs that are going to be running a game of Vassen for the first time? Uh, I would invite uh, the players a lot to describe things, describe mm -hmm. how things look, what they feel, and, and kind of let them join in, in the, on the co-writing of, of, of a story uh, and just kind of take it slow and let them uh, let them investigate the the village where they go to and and, and just give them room yeah and then just hit them with magic and, <laughs> and conflicts and, that they can react to and, and do stuff mm -hmm. with yeah okay and because this um game is like it is an investigation like you say you people say oh weird things are happening and you turn up and you discover this weird magic is happening and you have to try and uncover what's going on um sometimes people have said when they have uh, an investigation kind of story sometimes their players kind of get lost <laughs> and aren't, aren't getting it so what kind of uh, what kind of advice would you have for gms or what does the system do to try and help players that are perhaps you know, a bit lost with with finding the solution. Yeah, and the the, the system encourages you to, to kind of have several several links to, to important clues, mm -hmm. so you can kind of find what you need from from different places. Um, there's always also uh, kind of countdown what happens step by step if you do nothing. So okay. at the end, if you if you don't find what you need to find or if you don't solve it's most often something catastrophical happens oh, no. and that will <laughs> yeah that will be the end of the scenario so i don't think you need to solve every mystery you can you can okay. also like return with a failure in your backpack back home to the base but that is not a, a bad basin scenario it's, uh, it's a it's a story isn't it so i guess yeah. Yeah, I I tend to give clues to my my players mm -hmm. when they are um, mm -hmm. don't know what to do. I kind of oh, so I kind of help them, but mm -hmm. but I mean, you, you don't need to get to the pre-written end of the scenario. It will end anyway. In some it way. will it will happen regardless of what the players do. The story will yeah. carry on. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. great. Um, we've talked a little bit about uh, in the base. So you're saying you are. Um, you're playing a character who can see the Vassan, so you have that ability uh, and you're kind of setting up this, you're going back to this old base that's kind of being rebuilt or remade. Can you talk about the base a little bit and the significance that has in the game and the story? Yeah, it's an old, it's an old castle. Um, cool. I wanted to, to have it be a real uh, castle in Uppsala, the town uh, just close to, to Stockholm in Sweden. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we moved it, so, so uh, I had to invent a fake castle. 
okay. I, th I think the the first one was too far from the city center, and we wanted it to mm -hmm. be like in the city center because the tale is about going from the urban environments into the rural environments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but this is like an old old castle where we filled it with kind of mysteries and, and strange things that the, the old society left behind. So they could be like uh, baths and they have imprisoned in the cellar or they have oh, like cool. uh, ritual rooms you could find and, oh, we could build up this old mystical room and so forth. So you, could, so you, can, you can invest between the, the mysteries, you can invest in your, in your base and build it and build things that will help you solve the mysteries. And you so can employ uh, servants and, and stuff. So that's your place. So like in a campaign, that'll be the place you always go back to and are kind of building from. So, and all these different events as you have with things, you'll go out and, and come back to and things. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. And, and Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you carry on, you carry on. I'll, go, I'll get to it later. I, yeah, there, there's, uh, I, I think things should happen in you, in the base as well, in the headquarter. Um, oh. you, you can kind of, when you invest in, in things, um, problems may arise, like uh, vassals kind of find out about you or uh, the local police get interested or some journalists think you are, perhaps you're doing some shenanigans. And, oh, so yeah. in the world, like do the police and, and people like that, they don't believe that the vassals are real or is that... No. No, they don't. Oh, they can't see them, and and I mean they're city dwellers, so they don't. Okay, believe that in makes those, sense. Those so a little bit, not quite the same vibe, but a little bit Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, in terms yeah, of oh, there's, yes. there's real monsters <laughs> and no one else knows about. Nothing else, I think, is is necessarily hugely paralleled, but I guess uh, you could I, play it that way if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I was thinking it feels a little bit like has anyone compared it to The Witcher as well? Because it feels a little bit like that, yeah. like yeah. So, but yeah, because I the which is, the is a little bit well. more grim, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I think yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, similar to that. But um, oh, I had a question before I was going to ask about um, she's gone out about my mind, kind of about oh yes, doing a campaign. So when you're if you're doing a campaign of this, which it sounds like it's it's ideal to do because you have these kind of scenarios you can do and come back to your base. Um, I'm assuming the book has lots of different uh, kind of creatures in. Uh, yeah. I assume you can make a scenario just yourself based off the the lore from one of the creatures in the book. So what if if we're learning about the creatures in the book? What what does it look like? Like do we have just like a stat block or history or how does it look? I, my aim was was um, for it to be really easy to make to make a, to create a mystery or scenario from. From, from this book, you shouldn't really have to buy anything else, I think, mm -hmm. uh, than the, the rule book. You mm -hmm. can, of course, but <laughs> uh, so I've tried to fill it with like stuff to build, build scenarios from. And when you look like the mermaid, it's like a kind of short texts with like uh, <laughs> just describing the mermaid. And there's a yeah. quote from uh, Carl von Linné, like the Swedish uh, famous Bot botanic, botanic. He worked with flowers and put out the system for for um, how you define different. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, 
you know, but he, he, he made some, some travelings in, in the northern Sweden during the 19th century. So I took his, his, um, his notebook, his diary, and I just took quotes from it and presented each creature with like some parts of his notes of his diary. Uh, so there, there's a little quote and this little description and there's a short stats uh, block with like one, two, three, five stats, some magical powers. And then there's um, the ritual, of course, how you defeat this creature. Okay. Uh, and then there are three uh, examples of conflicts uh, for each creature. And I think each of those conflicts it could be built into a scenario. You could kind of create a scenario from that. Uh, yeah. And then there's a whole chapter about just how you create mysteries step by step. Oh, okay. So the book kind of guides you through that process as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. As well, because I was about to say, I think just because looking at this book, like when you have just the creatures, there's enough inspiration. Because as soon as you hear about them, you can imagine so many scenarios for how how that can go wrong in the world. So um, that sounds great. Thank you for asking that question. Um, someone has said that the game sounds very intriguing to them. Uh, glad to hear. Uh, so they're saying, where would you say it lies between a mechanical and narrative game? I would say it, it's more it's more a narrative game. I would say, but it's not a free forum game. It's not a. Mm -hmm. it, it follows the. I mean, the traditional roles of of game master and player and how a scenario is structured and sessions and dice and so it's it's kind of traditional but but definitely more narrative it's not a game game yeah not loads of dice not loads of sitting there working out maths on a table and no. then yeah <laughs> I mean, it's no point minimaxing in this game it's not mm. it's not about that yeah definitely so it seems more about kind of the story and the world and that interesting kind of um com is conflict the right term to use when you're talking about you know the urbanization of the land compared to the natural yeah. world so because that's Definitely. it seems like it's just constantly because that's where most of the mysteries will come in i imagine is just those mm. two worlds kind of butting heads yeah and yeah. um the, the chaos that comes from as a result um that's great we've had some great questions in the chat if you're watching uh we are coming up uh to near the end of the the session so if you have any questions please do pop them in the chat and we'll happily answer them um so as we said the books you can uh, purchase on free league site uh which is free league publishing um en store which is for the English store, I assume. Uh, and I'll put the link in the chat there so you can grab it to have a look there. And the books we have at the moment is we have the core rule book here. Uh, so the core rule book there will have everything you kind of need. And that's what we're chatting about. That has the information about how to set up your scenarios uh, and as well as all this gorgeous art in there. There's also uh, a Wicked Secret, which has, uh, I think that's four more mysteries in the book, four, five? Yeah. A good amount of mysteries in there to get you going if you want something kind of pre-written to get you started. And also there was the Kickstarter campaign uh, that went out early last year, late last year uh, for Mythic Britain and Ireland, which apparently is a little bit more creepy um, because that's what the British are like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit darker and more creepy. Uh, so that's kind of uh, that's kind of. Um, that's kind of Vassan, I guess. Um, so would you say, uh, is there anything mechanically in the system we haven't, or in the story, important points that we haven't kind of talked about in the game? Or have we have we covered everything? I think we have covered everything. 
Okay, my other question would be, so what would be uh, some of your favourite kind of creatures in it? You mentioned the one that is a bit cheeky and makes you like fall down the toilet or something, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> but what would be some of your... Is that what you said at the Sounds beginning? Sounds really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, no, like in a silly way, not in like a... But, but yeah, there, there are silly stories as well in those Swedish folklore, yeah. definitely. And there, then there are really creepy, horrible ones, just intermixed. You just kind of read yeah. one story and say, oh, and then the next, mm, okay, not that fun. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a strange mix. Um, I, I like the neck. Uh, it's one of my favorites, the one who's mm -hmm. sitting uh, playing the violin in the, in the, in the um, water and just kind of mm -hmm. trying to lure people to him. Uh, and, and he kind of... He, he, he yeah. dreams of uh, finding a way to heaven and finding connection with, with humans, but all he ever does is drowning people. <laughs> so he's kind of doomed to never reach heaven and never never get a connection with anyone. Um, okay. And he, so he, he, when, he, when he plays, no one can stop dancing. So it, it's kind of a, it's a, a devil in another disguise kind of, but more a more sad version, I think. Yeah, because he's doing it with the motivation of trying to find connection, but ultimately that doesn't doesn't work, work out that well. Oh, no. all right. Like that's it's not related to this horse in the water there. No, no, that's um, that's yeah. another one. Yeah, that's oh, also yeah? drowner actually, but that's a more sinister one. It just oh okay. Uh, <laughs> people, children climb up on it, and then it kind of runs down into the lake and drowns them. So that that's okay. not, <laughs> it's just plain evil. It does look pretty sinister if you look yeah, at it. Yeah. Like if I saw it in the middle of the lake, I wouldn't be like, oh, let's go for a pony ride. It no, looks like no, it's mad. Either. Like its eyes are like glowing. It's it doesn't it doesn't look friendly. No. <laughs> okay, that's great. Well, uh, so we've talked a lot about Vassan. So thank you so much for kind of sharing uh, that story with us. Like I say, if that's of interest to you, uh, please go to Free League Publishing to their store. The link is in the chat and it's also up on the screen now, which is freeleaguepublishing.com forward slash en forward slash store and you can pick up the books there because the best way to support indie tabletop rpg creators is to buy their stuff um uh, but i'm gonna get us to talk about some other kind of tabletop rpgs now as well um so nils what would you say are some of your favorite rpgs um things you'd recommend to people that aren't Vassen and are not dungeons and dragons I, I, first, first, I, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Apocalypse World, but I guess mm -hmm. everyone has played that now. <laughs> you know, I don't. Maybe not. Ah, okay. I mean, then this is the game I've played the most uh, the, during mm -hmm. the recent years. It's like an yeah, it's an apocalypse world. Uh, we are kind of play a badass, cool character who can <laughs> <laughs> do really. Yeah, you can change the world a lot, but at the same yeah. time, the world is really just collapsing around you with uh, major problems all the time. And it's just, it's a the mechanical system has been used in so many games. Mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine any other game being reused mechanically that much as, as Apocalypse World has been. Yeah. They have um, a lot of games you'll see on Kickstarter of people watching that say Powered by the Apocalypse. So that's this mm. system. And it's because they have like an open game license so people can use it to produce them and publish their own games using the system. So I think it's very 
accessible and works very well with with lots of other games and systems yeah. what sort and of i settings? would re- recommend uh, just playing mm-hmm. the original oh okay <laughs> really as well yeah i think as it's, well. it's uh, definitely the best version yeah okay and have you played lots of other versions of it but this is the, yeah yeah when you come back to interesting yeah. i've never played the original version i've, I've played the system using like different games and things but i've not played the original so maybe maybe that's something i need to have a look into yeah i think so (laughs) okay that's great um well thank you for your recommendation on that there um so we're coming up to the end of the session now i i think we've answered most of the questions here if you have any more questions that we haven't gone through please do let us know in the chat now so we can quickly answer it for you um but we will be back on not dnd next week um so next week on monday at 10 p.m we're talking to possum creek games about their game wonder home um so we'll be chat having them here so come and watch it live to ask your questions there and it'll also be on the podcast here uh but if you can't wait a whole week tomorrow on tuesday uh, uh it is the final episode of the star crossed seaway and that's at 3 p.m eastern time uh for the level up advanced fifth edition so that is the finale of that show so you can go check that out and you can watch it wherever you are watching here or if you are listening on a podcast you can go to em rpg.podbean.com and uh, have a look there um so the guests uh nils are saying thank you very much for your interesting uh you know sharing your game with us there so thank you very much uh, and i would like to say thank you very much for your time and uh coming on to chat to us thanks okay. for having me you're very welcome all right and thank you for everyone that's watched that's all from us this week bye